You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> Hi, y'all. It's Amir Yasai with The Take On for the Broadway Podcast Network. We're here with Mayhem Miller. If you don't know who she is, you've been living under a rock. Uh, <laughs> listen, <laughs> uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, now on All Stars 5, giving us life with those contacts, honey. How are you? I am absolutely fabulous. How are you? I'm good. You know, hanging in there. It's like in the 90s in LA, so it's very summer. So it's Oh great. my God, it's dreadful today. I went to go get the mail and I was like, you know what? Fuck them bills. I don't need to pay these. It's too hot. <laughs> exactly. Fuck them bills. It's hot. It's COVID. It's BLM movement. We have too much to deal with. No more bills. No, thank you. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, that is hilarious. You are so funny. And I just want to start right there. The way that you've created space. Um, I knew you even before you were on RuPaul's Drag Race, you created a lot of space in the nightlife industry, you know, working at various clubs in WeHo, like you've always been able to create a space for yourself and through humor. How did you get there? Because to get to Mayhem Miller is a long journey. So walk me through getting there. (laughs) Um, when When it came to like my character as Mayhem and, um, taking over, you know, nightlife, it, it was a hard journey because when I first started doing drag, um, first of all, drag was not as big as it is now. There was just a few shows in Southern California. And, you know, mainly those shows were run by the same girls. Um, and it was a tight niche and you could not bust in there unless you knew someone or you were good with one of the girls in there and they would get you in somehow or another. So, um, and then when it came to being uh, a girl of color, being a black queen, you really didn't have an opportunity. So um, I got fed up with it. And I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to create my own path. And I just started doing things my way. And, uh, and then it just snowballed after that. People fell in line. I love that. I love It's about creating that space. I think a lot of people... Um, will wait around for someone to knock at their door. And like, I love that you're doing that. Like Issa Rae did that with Insecure. Rami did that with his show. There's so love many- Insecure. <laughs> I just oh. caught up today. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, good. So good. That like demise of a relationship is so relatable. Like, I think we all go through that where our friendships sometimes reach an expiration point. And like between Molly and Issa, the things that happen, it's, it's a really well-written show. And it's also very relatable. And what I love about the character you created, it's not like, 
oh, Mayhem Miller. Oh, okay. She's a black queen. No, she's an everyone queen, right? Like you've created Absolutely. And, and what is that? Do you think that's through comedy? Do you think that's through, why do you think Mayhem is so relatable? Um, because, you know, I, I, you know, when I first started, um, I didn't want to be pigeonholed. I didn't mm-hmm. want people to look at me and say, oh, you're a black queen. So what you're going to give us is, uh, uh, Beyonce each time you come out here and it's going to be that type of experience. And I was like, you know, as an entertainer, um, you know, I grew up in the theater. I grew up, you know, being on stage and I, I, I just always been well-rounded. And I was like, you know, this is not going to limit me by being a drag queen. I only can do one thing. I was like, so no, you're going to get, a, you're going to get, you know, everything from me, from a ballad to something that may be high energy to something that might be, uh, very, uh, heartfelt and, um, just all across the board, I wanted to check every box because when you go to a show, you want to you want to relate to what you're seeing on stage. You want to connect with it, and not everyone is there for one type of drag. So you should, as a as an entertainer, you should be able to provide everything. Absolutely. I mean, I think that, you, and the way that you've kind of created that uh, persona is like is really smart because it relates to. A, a larger group of people, which I think is, you know, and that's what drag is really about. It's about creating this kind of universal connection. And what a lot of people don't understand is that, especially now, you know, with Marty Gould Cummings and, you know, Aquaria, there's a lot of people that are kind of using their drag, Bob the Drag Queen, Peppermint, they're using it as kind of um, a political statement. So mm-hmm. how do you feel about that? Like, um, you know, obviously with Black Lives Matter, a lot of drag queens have really spoken up about the way they were treated possibly in RuPaul's Drag Race or other scenarios, feeling racism on set, etc. Can you speak on that a little bit? Um, I think it's amazing that, um, especially in this climate right now, that queens are using their platforms for the right reasons. And mm-hmm. it's taking a complete 180 to where drag originated from for being political and being out in your face and and speaking to issues you know for a while i think a lot of people just believed it to be one thing which was entertainment but it's more than just entertainment you know there's always something that you know i always tell people um whenever there's something going on in the community whether someone passes and they need to raise money you know for funeral experience expenses or mm-hmm. um to send someone to college or you know to raise money for hiv and aids they always have turned to drag queens to do that and be the mm-hmm. the, the spearheads because we have always been able to uh assemble and bring people together and and speak out with our loud voices and command attention to causes. So I'm happy that we're we're right back where we began. Absolutely. And it's it's coming in some ways, like you said, it's coming full circle, which I think is is really apt. And I think a lot of people don't know the history of drag and don't really know that when RuPaul, you know, wore drag on national TV, like it was a huge statement. And I think in some ways we've become, in a good way, desensitized to drag because there's so many options and there's so many shows from we're here to Dragnificent to all stars. Like we're getting a lot of drag. So people sometimes miss the political impact. So it's nice to see, you know, Queens speaking up and using their platform for good. I love to see that. Me too. I really do. It's refreshing. It's, it's good because sometimes, you know, drag, uh, especially um, when it comes to drag race, a lot of the Queens are very self-centered, you know, and it's about them and their brand and that's it. You know, there's nothing else. And it's nice 
to see that people are like, okay, let me step out of self and be more aware of we. Mm, absolutely. That's like a, a big shift. And I think a lot of us, especially in LA, it's such a hustle. And obviously being a drag queen, we're so like kind of, you get laser focused on your own career. And sometimes with movements like this, it helps people even with the pandemic to slow down. How has it been beneficial for you with the pandemic? Like, have you slowed down? Have you been able to be creative at home? Like, how are you dealing with all of that? <laughs> it, you know, definitely for the past three months, I've had to figure out how to entertain myself. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, you know, the pandemic, I know is really difficult for everyone because everything had to stop. Everything had to slow down. It was forced upon right. us. And right. I, it was, I looked at it as a blessing as, uh, you know, something positive out of a bad situation because mm-hmm. I'm a workaholic and I'm always pushing myself and always yeah. doing, always going and this made me sit down and actually take the break that I needed to refocus, recharge. Um, and I, I've, I've, I think I've gotten to know myself a lot more than I ever have known because I just had the time to actually sit and ask myself the questions of what do I want next in life? You know, what is my next project? Is this important or is this important? You know, it's, it's really taught me priority. Absolutely. And I think it, 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 I think that slowdown is so impactful. A lot of us spend so much time, like I said, on that hamster wheel and we don't even look around. And, and then all of a sudden we look up and we're like, oh my God, I didn't know this was going on. I didn't know that was going on. And I think where the, I live in Orange County, there's 1.3% is um, black or anyone of color really in this whole district. So I hear a lot of our neighbors say, I didn't know it was so bad or I didn't know that racism was this systemic or these kind of comments as someone who is black, me being Persian as well. Does that frustrate you ever when people say that, or is that kind of pretty on par, like branding wise to not be aware? It it's, it's odd to me because I'm like, how are you not aware? Like how, Mm -hmm. how do you not know? But then I had to actually step out of it and, and say, you know, maybe, maybe this is a legit you know, answer because some people are just not aware because it's not their experience. And they have grown up, like you said, like in Orange County where there is no representation. So they do not know they're not, they don't have black people in their communities. They don't know people of color in a personal way because they're not, you know, they're not there. They're not represented. They're not seen. They're not heard. So, you know, you can't really fault some people because, you know, it's just not their experience and they can't, they can't uh, grasp the the uh, reality of it all. Absolutely. And what would you say to someone like that that isn't able to grasp? Like, is it is it the idea of someone putting their head in the sand like an ostrich or are they actually like choosing not to see? Like, how do people educate themselves if they're in those positions? Because people ask, right, how to be a good ally in these times. Like, what do you say to that? I've been asked a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been asked this a lot, especially from my, my friends who have known me forever, but, mm-hmm. you know, just recently they have seen what's been going on and they're like, wait a minute, maybe I should check in on my friend and ask them, mm-hmm. what can I do? And mm-hmm. what I've been telling everyone is just educate yourself. You know, we have so many tools that are at our hands that you can grab and, and figure out and read. So like just Google, you know, a lot of things I'll mm-hmm. say, if anything, just, just start looking up, you know, history of, cultures that are not yours, especially 
especially in this climate now, Black culture, because a lot of people do not know Black history because it's not taught to us in school. I had, mm-hmm. when I was in high school, I had to take African-American studies as an elective to learn more about my culture. So wow. you know, it's, it's, it's something you have to be proactive about. And I'm happy that people are having those discussions and asking the questions. And, um, you know, I just, I just feel that, you know, it's, there's no wrong question there, you know, they're just always right answers. You just need to go and look. Absolutely. And I, I was actually listening to an IG live today and um, this uh, UK uh, black creative, he's like really deep and knows a lot about the, the history and said in the UK, they actually don't teach what the colonials did to people of color. They only teach American slavery. So it's really interesting that a lot of people in the UK actually don't know their own history. And they're kind of surprised that there is like a movement in London as well. I was so just talking to my friend over in the UK yesterday. Mm-hmm. And he, I saw his post and he had said the same thing. He was like, they need to start teaching this, you know, mm-hmm. that history here as well. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a minute, you guys don't, that's not a part of y'all's curriculum. Like, mm-hmm. he was like, no, I did not know a lot of the, you guys' history because, you know, that's, you know, considered American history. And I'm like, well, you guys came over here and messed everything up. So you should be learning. <laughs> Y'all bring your, you all brought your slavery and your racism over with you. Like all your pox and all. <laughs> you brought it all. So you need to learn what you done did. Uh-huh. You got to learn it. Like, and it's funny because again, that goes back to education, right? And there was a, even with the stories that are told around Black people. It's always slavery based and it's never empowered. Like even the Oscars, right? The one film that got a nomination was the story of, you know, like someone getting out of slavery. So it's like, again, it can be empowering and I love those stories. But at the same time, if you're going to tell those stories and not tell the story of Billie Holiday and people that were empowered and you know, I love, that's why I love like Netflix, you know, self-made where you have Madam CJ Walker, you see a, a millionaire. Love that who's, one. See, that's like, that's what we want to see, right? And I think that what and I think what the trick there is, is Black writers, Black creatives, because right now there's this whole thing online about hiring Black writers. And even, you know, Anna Wintour commented like, oh, it was, a, it was a big mistake that we didn't hire more Black stylists, Black photographers. And I'm like, I know 20 alone yeah. that could not get employment at Vogue. So is it a mistake or is it really you just actually going out of your way to not hire people of color? What do you say like to people that are trying to get into entertainment, you know, are black, are Persian, are Latin, are Asian. Like, how did you make, you know, like a corner of that industry of, for your own? Um, you know what? I, I went into it with the attitude of, if you're not going to look at me, I'm going to make you look at me. Yes. And... Yes. Because, like, for the longest time, I was always like, God, why can't I get into this gig? I'm not going to say what clubs or anywhere, but (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, I'd be like, God, I just, I know I'm talented. Why are you not booking me? And I was like, you know what? If you're not going to do it, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to find my way. I'm going to find my yes somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I just, you know, if I had to go dance out front of places, which I did, (laughs) I would go, I would go to some places and I would just, turn up my radio in my car, open up the doors and dance in parking lots of clubs and make Love people, that. who is that? Oh, that's that girl mayhem, you know? And once people start noticing me and saying, wait a minute, who's that one? Or I would go to after parties or I would, you know, I would dance and ho- I would go to house parties. I would go to do people's uh, 
backyard barbecues and stuff and bring my boom box and be like, here, here's my CD push play. And I would, I would just dance wherever I could so that people would see me and talk about me to the point where people would be like, well, why aren't you having this person booked? And then they'd be like, Oh, well, yeah, I'll give the, sh- I'll give the girl a chance. And then once I got on those stages, you couldn't deny my talent. So it's like, you know, I always tell everyone too, I'm like, talent is talent. And once people see it and it's in their face, they cannot deny it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people might look at you and be like, oh my God, RuPaul's Drag Race, it's so easy. Like, I just want to be on that show. But look at you, like you're going to parking lots, you're going to boom, taking your boom box to a barbecue. It's, I think it's lowering your ego as well and being like, I need to be seen. I need mm-hmm. a yes. So I'm going to make that yes, which is super empowering. I love it that. has to be that way because you, if you're an artist, you know, you will do anything to showcase your work. And Mm -hmm. whether that's, you know, in a garage, if that's in a basement or, you know, on, on a main stage somewhere, you, you do whatever you, whatever it takes to be seen. Absolutely. And I, I'm so here for that. And so I I wanted to like pivot to um, Aquaria posted something about drag being empowering and like a political statement, because a lot of people were kind of like, should drag race have taken a pause because of what's going on in the world and not shown this new season. Mm-hmm. Um, and it definitely crossed my mind as well. I was like, is it appropriate? But then when I watched it, I was like, wow, I'm really empowered. And then just the topics that you guys were talking about. And, and even, you know, um, one of the drag queens did like a very like kind of display of kind of solidarity with people of color. And Ricky Martin was so engaged with that. And it, it, it was like, it brought up all these conversations and Aquaria was defending it. I'm just curious, like, how do you feel about, you know, that statement of like the show needing to be on air? You know what? I went, I posted and I went through um, oh, last week. I was very stressed and didn't know what to do because we didn't know if the show was going to air still, if they were going to hold it for a while or not. And um, then they decided they were going to roll it out Um but then a lot of us were like, okay, well, what do we do? Because usually at this time when you're about to premiere, you're doing all this press, you're doing all this promoting, you know, and and it was like, okay, well, if we do this, especially for myself, I was like, if I if I do it, like, are people going to judge me? Are people going to say I'm being mm-hmm. sensitive? You know, and I, 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 it was just a hard decision for me. And then finally I had, I, I had talked to a few people that I really trust and I was like, look, what do you think I should do? And the consistency that I got across the board was you are a person of color, a queer person of color, and this is not only the right time, but the best time to celebrate this. And so you Mm. hold your head up with pride and say, yes, I'm a black gay drag queen and my life matters and my art matters. And, um, our messages, our stories are important and they need to be seen and amplified at this moment. So go forth and do it. So I was like, all right, I, I, I needed that confirmation and, and I felt more comfortable with it after that. Absolutely. And I, I think it, it definitely is important that, you know, you take that space up. And, and I think, like I said, the, we can, the news, listen, it's so important and the movement is so important. We should listen to everything and read everything and follow it along and go to protest. But at the same time, there are moments where I remember I saw a, a speech that Patrice made who started Black Lives Matter. And she said, sometimes I do protests and sometimes I get my nails done and listen to Mariah Carey. So I think you can mm-hmm. do both. And I think it's important that we have balance because, you know, activists like 
me even being an LGBTQ activist, I would go to all the riots and, you know, I would go to the protests and, you know, the trans lives protests and just get really wrapped up and you can get really burnt out. Yeah. So I think it's good to have balance as well. It's Yeah, because you have to have that balance in everything in life. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just because you take a break from something doesn't mean that you don't support the cause, you know, so... I, you know, I went to a couple rallies this past weekend and, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, okay, you know, I, I, I did a little bit of that. Okay. Now let me post about the show again, you know, and, you know, mm-hmm. just, you know, I just been trying to keep a, a good balance of pinning things on my story to help educate. Um, mm-hmm. and then also give people something to laugh about, because I think that's really important to, um, Absolutely. to still use your platform, especially as an entertainer to give people a break sometimes so that it's not too heavy on their spirits. Absolutely. Because it, like I said, it can become very overwhelming and people can get kind of analysis paralysis and you don't want people to get desensitized to the point where they're not engaged anymore. Absolutely. So I think it, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of, that is the crux of activism. So step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I love that. And I wanted to ask you a little bit. So I saw a lot of postings where people were like, oh, it's pride. And now this protest is ruining pride. And there's a lot of like kind of anti BLM movement posts. I'm curious as to, first of all, people don't know the history. Pride started with (laughs) Marsha B. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera, two trans people of color that protested and rioted to start at town hall. Let's make that very clear. But I'm curious as to what you think when people say that, because it's it's very odd that they're they don't realize what they're saying really. It's so it it infuriated me when I start seeing stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I have posted, I was like, you know, just remember, remember, you know, that that pride that you have so much love for and you look mm-hmm. forward to celebrating every summer. I was like, you could get you could put on your body glitter and run up and down the streets in your thongs and stuff and, mm-hmm. and feel that freedom of being who you are. I'm like, remember, people, this all started because because of riots, because of uh, mm-hmm. protests, because people were done with being brutalized by the police and mistreated. I was like, so mm-hmm. what you're celebrating is rooted in exactly what's happening right now. So you can't That's turn true. a blind eye and say, well, I don't understand this. And why is that happening? Well, it's happening because change needs to happen. And if you're going to mm-hmm. celebrate in something that helped uh, liberate you, you should be able to uh, do the same in return. Absolutely. Well, it, it's just, it's all very ironic because then all those same people post about Beyonce and how obsessed they are with drag race. And I love my Queens. Well, it seems like you only like 
black people are people of color when they're entertaining you, oh. which is back to minstrel BS. Honey. So let's, get, let's not get those things confused. <laughs> Honey, it, it, it's mm-hmm. the truth. It's the truth. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, I kind of like the fact that I started seeing posts like that because it really mm-hmm. hit a spotlight on people that I had no clue mm-hmm. had issues. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, well, now you're one of those people that I need to actually have those conversations with because you're the main people that need to be educated because you're lost. Mm-hmm. You are lost in the desert, honey, and not 40 days will bring you back. <laughs> um, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, I even had a, a coworker who posted right when the protest started saying, my whole neighborhood was destroyed and I lost everything and my windows were broken and, and went on and on and like started attacking the movement and saying this looting and all. And I'm like, you know what? It's good to know where people that you interact with, where they stand, because it I, again, I am not one that's going to cancel people publicly, but at the end of the day, I like to know who my roster, you know, who's my ride or die. And I need to know that if you're out there saying this, I would rather not, you know, be like fully engaging with you. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, people are exposing themselves left and right. It's not a yes, bad they thing. Are. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> It's not a bad thing. Listen, the new library that's reading people is Twitter and it's themselves posting. I mean, Twitter is just canceling people left and right from Leah Michelle to your next door neighbor. People are canceling themselves out because we just, I think everyone collectively, um, you know, is kind of frustrated with this idea, which is all for white people is for us to pretend that there isn't racism because they don't want to talk about it. So I, you know, when 9-11 happened, um, I remember I was 15 years old in high school and imagine 200 white people in an assembly asking me if I could tell them what happened today, the day 9-11 happened. Wow. Yeah. So like, imagine you're 15, you're dealing with this. So my whole life, I've always said that's racist. This And it's funny, it's always the white person in the room that's like, no, it's not. It's in your head and quickly want to kind of gaslight you. <laughs> and I feel <laughs> serious. You get it. you get it because it's so true and it's like funny because i think with blm like they cannot with this movement they can't brush it under the rug anymore like the rug honey is full and it's about to burst and it has burst um so it's just very frustrating but i want to kind of talk a little bit about um because i know you have such a great way of again being like using your drag to kind of educate and taking those moments using comedy to kind of get people to have these conversations um, when people say, when, in your day-to-day life, when people say dumb shit like, I didn't know there was racism or, oh my God, like those kind of comments, do you take a breath? Like, what do you do? Like, do you count backwards before you respond or like, what's your approach? <laughs> um, you know what? Usually I'm like, I gasp. Because once mm-hmm. you do, you, when you do one of those clutch your pearl moments, like, <gasps> It kind of mm-hmm. shocks them because they're like, wait, what? Did, did I say something wrong? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. you did actually. <laughs> because how are you yeah. How are you going to stay? Because I, I, I saw a few posts on my timeline with people saying like, but things are better now. What? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean things are better now? I'm like, what? Because like people are not being whipped and hanged like publicly. I'm like, girl, there's a thing called systematic racism, you know, like heard of it. (laughs) I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, Oh my gosh. It it, it's, 
it, it's sad that people don't realize the plight of other other people unless it is their their fight, you know? So it's like, okay, well, I don't understand this because I don't experience that. So it doesn't, it doesn't exist. And it's like, well, no, 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 no. If someone's telling you that this is their existence, this is their experience, then you need to mm-hmm. be willing to open your mind to, to understand. Right. Right. Well, and, and you know what you're saying is so key because a lot of people say like, and I've had this conversation even with my Middle Eastern family who's immigrants and say, well, what privilege did we have? But again, you're not black in this country. Like you chose to come here. Like you're an immigrant. It's different, right? There's a lot of idea right now. A lot of people are like saying, I get it. And it's like, that's not the point of this conversation is not, I get it. It's like, is that you need to like changes need to happen from the inside out. And that's like systemic racism. And it's, and it's, it's things like, you know, writers rooms. I have friends who are writers in Hollywood and the minute they find out because their names don't ring as black and they bring them in for the interview, the minute that person sees they're black, they don't hire them. That happens so regularly and you would not believe the excuses they use. Well, our writer room is actually full or, oh, we're not taking any new writers on or you don't have enough experience. Like there's, this happens all the time. Like I have friends who are in recruiting. They see a black name, they pass on it. Like <laughs> for some people, they're like, well, if I can't pronounce it, then it's going to be an issue and I don't want to have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. It's like, what? Mm-hmm. which is dumb because you can say Shaquille O'Neal. You can say Kareem Abdul-Jabbar pretty good regularly. So you're saying that if as long as those black men and women are making you money you, in, off of their backs, you're willing to learn their names, which is really interesting. Okay. So. Yeah, I just I just cannot begin to like I'm gonna go into a rabbit hole. <laughs> I'm gonna start dragging people. Um but yeah, no, I mean in all seriousness, I think it's if you look at even the way the news is being reported, right? There people are more sad that there's looting and target is being destroyed than they are that people are dying at the hands of the cops. So <laughs> it, it, it's it's so crazy. I'm like, really, you guys? I'm like I bet you this much. I bet you Target could give two dams about it because they have uh, a thing called insurance sure. that will cover that. But mm-hmm. but um, lives cannot be brought back, you know. So you know these, these buildings can be rebuilt, things can be mm-hmm. replaced, but actual souls can't. So let, let's Absolutely. talk about that. Which is the souls can't come back, and you know people are being like at the hand of suffering at the cops, which I didn't even know this history that cops were created to protect white people from black people, which I didn't know this history. So I was even quite shocked by that knowledge that like at its root, it is racist, (laughs) like at its core. So I think that, and and there's a lot of images that are being shared, Mayhem, that I really want to know your opinion that I, I'm like, oh, that's nice. Like I'll like it. And I'm like, but then I'll think about it. And I'm like, is this, should I be liking this? Cause there's a lot of images of cops, like taking off their masks and hugging a black person or picking up a little black girl or, or whatever. Like, are those images of quote unquote solidarity? Like, is that frustrating or is that a good thing? Um, I, you know, I honestly think it's a good thing because, um, just because there's a few bad apples doesn't mean that the whole bunch is fucked, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it's important mm-hmm. for people to know that, that there are some, there's are, there are some good people out there who do mean well and do understand and do, you know, uh, that, that are here with us fighting as well, you know? So, um, 
when I see images like that, it, to me, it's like I put myself in, the, in those people's positions as well. And I'm like, God, it must suck to be lumped into, you know, the bad bunch. And it's like, wait, no, I'm one of the good guys. Wait, look at me. I'm cool. Like, I, I'm, I'm not with them. You know, I, it, it mm-hmm. sucks. And I, I, I think that, you know, people need to realize, you know, don't, don't, don't hate, don't hate on everybody. You know, we, we gotta, we mm-hmm. just gotta find the wrong ones and, and, and pull them out. Mm-hmm. Get rid of those poisoned apples. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. I, I appreciate that. And it's very illuminating what you said. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that everyone needs to stay as engaged as they can on this. And again, practicing self-care is so important during this time um, to not get burned out, especially to all of the activists, especially my friend Kendrick Sampson, who is on the front line constantly, um, you know, getting kind of hit with rubber bullets, et cetera, and practicing that self-care. So I... Um, I love that. Uh, Mayhem, honey, let's play a game. Let's pivot. Um, let's have a little fun before I let you go. Um, so if you were going to go on a deserted island, um, who would you take from the Drag Race world? Uh, from All Stars 5 or all the queens? Sure. <laughs> you, can take, you can take any queens or All Stars 5. Up to let's you. Start, let's stick with All Stars 5. Um, okay. I would take Mariah with me. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Mariah is a, like, me and Mariah have, we party with each other on a weekly basis a couple nights, and she's very good company, mm-hmm. knows how to have a, a conversation, knows how to have a shot or, or eight, and and <laughs> just, you know, just let loose. She's not, she doesn't take herself too right. serious, and I love that about her. I love that. Um, that's amazing. And then I was going to ask you as well, um, What's the first thing you're going to do as things are kind of slowly opening up and, you know, quarantine's being somewhat lifted? Is there one thing that you're like, girl, I need to get a haircut. I need to, like, go eat at my favorite restaurant. Like, I need to go to the beach. Like, what is your first thing? Oh, my God. I'm going straight to the nail salon and getting a pedicure. Yo, my feet, honey, are like, they're like talons. I know. I I, I have pretty feet, but they... I usually go and get a pedicure every two weeks. So I I've been very, very, very neglectful because I will not bend over and cut my own nails. Fuck that. <laughs> I love that. That is the height of elegance. I don't bend down to cut my own no, nails. I love I'd rather stub them on the edge of the, uh, <laughs> the bed and let them break off. <laughs> you are too much. Um, if I, if you were going to explain mayhem to someone who's never seen you perform in three words, how would you, Three words. Three words. Um, um, captivating, um, Mm -hmm. uh, moving, and hilarious. Oh, I like that. I like captivating, especially those contacts, honey. I get mesmerized. I fall into my into those contacts. I love it. She's iconic. iconic we need um especially like that meme i sent you with, with those eyes like i mean you're very meme worthy you're you. uh, welcome it's, that's like the highest compliment in our generation is being meme worthy like that is the ultimate. i love it i love someone asked they're like do you like when you see these i'm like i love it i think it's hilarious to wake up every morning and, and see your face being <laughs> made fun of i love it i love it <laughs> you're in the zeitgeist you know you're absolutely in the zeitgeist i'm so here for you 
Um, are you going to get TikTok, by the way? A lot of drag queens have jumped on TikTok and they're kind of taking it by storm. Any plans? Oh my God. I keep getting asked that. And I'm like, I think I'm too old for TikTok. <laughs> oh, shut up. You're not. I, I, I mean, if I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I might consider it. I might. Because so everyone keeps saying I should. So um, maybe. I love it. <laughs> that's amazing and just to wrap up sweetheart i just wanted to ask you one last thing for people that are you know wanting to get into this industry and obviously there has been a lot of changes you know all the way from oscar so white and now we have this movement and there's a lot more hopefully visibility more shows like insecure and rami um what do you say to people that you know want to move from a different state to la and they want to make it and get into entertainment what's your advice Ooh, um you know <laughs> welcome to hollywood what's your dream um Um, I would say, you know, if you want to get into the entertainment world, um, it's not, it's not easy. It's going to be filled with a lot of rejection. So you need to have a tough skin, be prepared to hear a lot of no's, but I'll always look for your yes and create your own path. I love that. Absolutely. How many times did you audition for RuPaul's Drag? Too many, (laughs) too many times. I just want, I want people to hear that because I have a lot of friends who are drag queens and a lot of them have submitted multiple times before they ended up on the show. And I think a lot of people see that and they're like, oh, it looks so easy. But anything that looks easy mm-hmm. is very hard. It, so I started auditioning season after season two. So season three on, mm-hmm. I was auditioning to get on the show. And um, mm-hmm. what a lot, I, I always get asked by queens, like, what, what, what's the secret? How do I get it? What do I have to do in my tape? And the best answer I give them is you need to give them you, not what you think they want to see. Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, it's a reality show and they want to tell your story. So you can't, you can't give them, Oh, I'm going to be the bitch and I'm going to be the sassy one, or I'm going to be the funny one. You know, you just have to give your authentic self so that they can find Mm -hmm. a way to, create a, a character for you on the television show. So just be yourself Absolutely. and give them who, what makes you unique. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I love that. I've loved talking to you. I love the, you know, the space that you take up. It's amazing. And I want everyone to see Mayhem Miller on All Stars 5 on VH1 every Friday night. It's everything. It's your political civic duty to watch this show. Um, and also go vote. Yeah. Um, this has been the Take One for the Broadway Podcast Network. I'm Amiria Sai. And Mayhem, where can everyone follow you in the you meantime? You can follow me on every social media platform at The Only Mayhem. The Only Mayhem. It is absolutely true. You're one of a kind. I love you so much and I wish you all the I best. I wish you the same. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, sweetheart. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Take On. The Take On is produced by Dory Berenstein and Alan Seals, edited by Kyle Moore, and is a proud member of the Broadway Podcast Network. You can find out more about me and The Take On at bpn.fm backslash The Take On. And of course, on my Instagram at Amir Yas official. Yes, honey, we're official. Make sure to subscribe and rate The Take On wherever you stream your podcast and keep tuning in for more amazing guests.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.